Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU. Listen to us all across the country, all of the great ESPN stations, Sirius XM80 and the ESPN app. This Sunday maybe possibly could be the last game for Kirk Cousins as a Minnesota Viking. We are going to get to that in just a couple of minutes. But joining us now, he's one of the great pitchers in baseball during his time in the sport. He is someone that Michelle Smallman loves (laughs) and someone that I am still holding a grudge against. Oh, Adam Wainwright joins us. Adam, uh, you know Michelle, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Let's start with this uh, before we congratulate you on your retirement and your amazing career and your broadcasting with Fox and being a great guy and all the stuff you're doing. Am I wrong to still hold a grudge that you struck out Carlos Beltran in 2006? Well, before you said why you held a grudge, I knew you must be a Mets fan. <laughs> you knew that before I even said it. Before I even said it, you just I knew, knew it. it. Oh, wow. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. No, you, you shouldn't hold a grudge anymore. It, it's Look, it was a great moment for me, <laughs> and it wasn't a great moment for Carlos, and we should just leave it in the past. And those are the words from Carlos's mouth, and so those are the words I always repeat. Wow. All right. I guess I have to leave it there. Smalls, all yours. Adam, it's so great to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We've been loving watching you have such great success in the booth. Not surprised by it at all. But I want to ask you about the playoff format and as a pitcher, how you would feel about it if you had this much rest. We're seeing so many of these top seeds go down. The Dodgers, the most recent example. And a lot of people are saying that maybe the format that Major League Baseball has in place right now might need to be reexamined. What do you think about it? Well, I mean... It's not perfect for sure, but here's what there's a couple things, right? So, one, I don't think a division winner should ever have to play a wild card game. That's just that doesn't make sense to me. That's, I mean, the incentive to win the division should be you don't have to play a wild card game. Wild card teams should play wild card games. That's one thing. I just always have to get off my chest. Um, two. It's a tough thing, right? Like, you whooped everybody all year, and so now you got five days off. It's not perfect, but at the same time, you don't want, let's say you cheer for, you know, the Brewers, and they are they did win the division, and now they because they have to play the wild card team because they have the, you know, worst of record of, among the three. Not do you would you rather have them play a one game playoff to see who goes on to the next round if you want a division? I mean, it just there's no right answer to this. I think I think they're going to probably add two more teams to the wild card or to the uh, playoff um, format. I think maybe you could make the division series seven games. I mean, the, it's, there's no easy way to go about it. Everyone, you can't make everyone happy. The, the the answer is always play better. I mean that's that's always the answer. 
if you don't like the five-day layoff, then keep grinding, keep, you know, scrimmaging against yourselves, go A team, B team, and have your AAA team there and play against them every day and play with your hair on fire every day like it's the World Series. I don't know how the I don't know what the answer is, but I do know that there needs to be some changes. I also know that you can't make everybody happy. Adam, back-to-back 100-win seasons for the L.A. Dodgers, back-to-back early exits in the DS in non-competitive series for them. Where does this franchise go from here? Well, it's not easy. It's not easy to win. You know, I mean, that's, the Dodgers are the, the team that I always point to. Or you can look at the 90s Braves, right? The 90s Braves, the, the, that whole decade, that team was just about the best team every single year, and they only won one World Series in 1995. They lost in 91, 92, 96. So, I mean, they were in the World Series a lot. They were in the playoffs every one of those years, and they only won once. The Dodgers have won one World Series in the last, what, 33 years or something like that since 19, what was it, like 1988? Yep. It's been a few years for them. Yep. And they won in 2020, and I, I still count that as normal, but I know a lot of people Yeah, there's, 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 an, little, asterisk there. there's an asterisk there for a lot of people. <laughs> not saying that we're doing that, well, but I'm just saying. We're, we're not talking about right, right, the, right. the sample size of a normal regular season and postseason. I just don't think it's, it's just not as easy as, as people think to win. You know, I mean, you can do everything right. Like, look what the New York Mets did. New York Mets went out. Sorry to bring that back up again. <laughs> Thanks. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So what? The Mets went out and, and spent money like crazy, brought mm-hmm. in the two two of the greatest starting pitchers of our generation for sure, and Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. They did everything right, seemingly on paper, to prepare their team to win. And then the magic wasn't there. It just It's just not easy, right? That's why things like the New York Yankees were doing in the late 90s and early 2000s, that's what makes what they did so amazing. You know, those – those playoff runs, what they win five times in six years or something like that, and and uh, almost had another one if Arizona doesn't, you know, score a couple runs in the ninth off Mariano, who only gave up like three runs ever in the postseason. I mean, it's just amazing, you know, and it's amazing what I'll tell you this from personal experience as a starting pitcher like Clayton Kershaw, who goes all the way through the regular season and grinds every fifth day and carries your team deep in the game, pitches over 200 innings. And then to, to add that month on to the end of it where it's even more intense, I, I really believe this. I think the one month of playoffs, I think it's like adding a whole year onto your career. Wow. It takes that much out on you. Wow. And Kershaw's done that a bunch of times. And, uh, you know, that's why I think, you know, he's got a lot of bullets thrown, but, but the bullets that he's thrown that really cost him are those playoff ones. Those take it. They, those take so much out of you. Then you play all the way through, and you only got what three months at most to rest. But you're really not resting more than a couple of weeks, honestly. And then you got to start getting back to it, or you're not going to be ready for spring training. That takes its toll. It's not easy. I know that's a long answer, but the Dodgers are going to be just fine. They always have a big payroll. They have a great farm system every year. They do. If they have a great philosophy in drafting and developing pitchers and players over there. Seemingly, you know, for a team who never dra- drafts in the top 10 picks ever, like, I mean, when's the last time the Dodgers had a top 10 pick? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been forever. Yep. For a team that doesn't have a top pick ever, 
their farm system is absolutely amazing. So I wouldn't worry about where the Dodgers are going. You know, there's other teams I'd worry a lot more about. Adam, you brought up Clayton Kershaw's name. Was game one, in your opinion, or, or from your perspective, do you think that was the last time that we've seen Clayton Kershaw pitch for the L.A. Dodgers? Hmm. Well, I never know, man. You know, it's hard to say. It's hard to speculate. I would, if I had to bet, I would say Clayton's going home to Dallas. Um, I could see him fitting in real nice in that rotation over there and with the Rangers, but he's got such a great legacy over there in L.A. I also wouldn't be surprised to see him stay there because uh, as a guy who knows, I mean, you know, when you're when you're raised up in an organization and and been through wars with organizations and there's fan bases there that absolutely adore him, which is rightfully so. It's hard to leave that sometimes, and uh, you know that's probably home for him too. He's, he's he's got a home away from home, so I don't. I I would say if he if he leaves L.A., he's going home to Dallas. But if he doesn't. He's going to be right back there in L.A. to finish out his career whenever that is and go into the first ballot Hall of Famer. He's, he's one of my favorite all-time players and, and people that I ever have played played with. I, that my, I always tell people my one of my biggest – they say, like, is there one player that you wish you could have played with? It would be Clayton Kershaw, hands down, no question about it. We're talking with Adam Wainwright, former Cardinals pitcher, 200-game winner, World Series champion here on Unsportsmanlike. Adam, talk to me about Bryce Harper. This guy just loves the stage. He hears those comments that Orlando Arcia made in the clubhouse about his base running blunder in Game 2. He shows up with the Coach Prime gear saying he made it personal. He responds with two home runs and a massive win for the Phillies last night. What's it like to play against a guy like Bryce Harper who just seems to always step up in the moment? Well, he's a big-time competitor, a big-time player. And, and first of all, we have to just acknowledge the media, <laughs> the media, they ran with that whole story. But in every single clubhouse, in every single team, if you win a game, there's always some kind of chirping going on, and the cameras don't catch it, and so it's not a story. But there's always, you know, you go, you, you battle against somebody like that all the time. When you get into the clubhouse, there's always a little smack talk. Oh, look at that guy. He thought he was going to get us. He sucks, whatever. <laughs> There's always stuff like that going on. But the cameras just don't catch it, and so it doesn't get reported. I thought that was a story that was ridiculous, honestly. Um, you know, it, for, and, and what he said is not that big a deal. You know, <laughs> Bryce Harper even admitted he made a base running blunder. But Bryce is also a guy who's going to take a cookie like that some bulletin board material and make it a thing. And, you know, and he, you don't think he loved running by second base and giving him that little stare right there. He knew that was going to be a story. He knew they were going to take that picture. And uh, he uses that as fuel. He's one of the greatest hitters of our time. And uh, he's always, he's always uh, stepping up in those big moments, especially these last few years in Philly. That's been fun to watch, but he's, I saw him hitting home runs in Washington too, man. In the, in the biggest moments, he's a, he's a primetime performer. Adam, as we finish up here and talk with Adam Wainwright, he's been a part of the Fox broadcast and, of course, a longtime great St. Louis Cardinals picture just finishing up this year with his career and a legendary career. We talk about the Cardinals kind of similarly to the way we talk about the New England Patriots or the San Antonio Spurs. They have this way about them, and there's been all these questions about, is it the player, is it the coach, is it the organization? I look at your organization, and I think it's you and Yachty, and that's the Cardinal way. 
Is it the organization or is it the player? And how does that transition over the course of time? Well, the organization, you know, there's there's so much that they poured into us. They they teach the players, you know. They they I think Yachty had some incredible instruction growing up from his dad and his brothers, obviously. But, you know, he gets over to St. Louis and Dave Ricketts and some other amazing people really poured into him. Jose Akindo pours into him. Tony LaRusso pours into him. You know, I, I, I get over to the St. Louis Cardinals and Dave Duncan and Tony LaRusso and, and George Kissel and all these legendary names that, that maybe not everyone knows George Kissel's name or Dave Ricketts' name. But these are, in, in Jose Akindo, these are incredible teachers of the game. And the and the game that they were taught was passed down to them. And that's, I think, the cardinal way, what you're talking about, and it's probably like this in a lot of organizations or some organizations at least, but the winning organizations, they have systems that they pass down and they have traditions that they pass down. And the Cardinals is, you know, the, 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 the best leaders exist to replace themselves. And so when I'm sitting next to a young pitcher in the locker room and I see him messing up, I say, hey, buddy, let me tell you. Let me show you the way. Follow me. Watch what I do. And, uh, yeah, that's the way it goes. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm in the Atlanta airport right now, and I don't know why this is. But I'm looking at a TV right now, and there's a picture of me, Yachty, and Albert on it. That's still cool. I feel wow. cool right now. That means it's our show. <laughs> what do you mean? Why is that? Is? Because you're talking about them on our show. You're watching yourself on ESPNU. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> You know what? I think that's it. I think that's true. I think that's it, Adam. I think you realize our show is on in the airport. Um, Adam, in addition to you doing great work in the broadcast booth, I did want to shout out your charity, Big League Impact. You can find out more information about all the great work that Adam and his fellow players are doing at BigLeagueImpact.org. But, Adam, before we let you go, we need a prediction. Who do you think is going to be popping champagne and celebrating in the confetti? For the World Series, by the way. Uh, well, you know, the, the ALCS. A battle of Texas. I think. I think there's going to be. It's hard to. Go, it's hard to go against Verlander and Fromber and those great pitchers over there and that that lineup that's been battle tested. But I think there's some crazy momentum on this Rangers side. I think the Rangers are going to. I think they're going to come out of that series. Um, on the other side, I think. Uh, Oh, man, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Atlanta win with Strider on the mound and that go to a game five. There's incredible. That's just, that's just I don't know who's going to win that series, honestly, even though they're in Philly and Philly's got a seemingly a ton of momentum right now. It's hard to bet against that lineup that the Braves have. I think whoever wins that series is going to win the World Series. I'll tell you that. Well, Adam, thank you so much for the time. We do appreciate it, even though you struck out Beltran. We do appreciate it. Great insight, as always, and congratulations on just a phenomenal career and watching yourself on TV on our show in an airport. We appreciate it. (laughs) Well, now that I know it was on TV, I'm even more glad that we didn't get into the Beltran stuff, man. Because yeah, that's my guy. And I'm, if he would have saw that, I would have embarrassed him. I would have felt terrible. So, yeah, 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 good talking with y'all. Thanks for making me feel special by putting my face up on the screen, man. I feel good right now. But, uh, yeah, it was great talking to you, Michelle. We miss you in St. Louis. Oh, thanks, Adam. I miss St. Louis, too. Thanks for the time. There he is, Adam Wainwright, joining okay. us here on Unsportsmanlike. All right, I mentioned about Kirk Cousins. Could it be his final game in Minnesota this weekend? We will get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Lots of good conversations today. If you missed any of them, you can go back on the ESPN app. We talk with Cheryl Swoops, Bruce Pearl, Damian Woody, and Adam Wainwright just joined us, of course, who had a great line. I love this line. I wrote it down. The best leaders exist to replace themselves, which mm. is an amazing thing. You probably operated that way with the Giants, right? I feel like they had that kind of culture where it's like, all right, as the def- like your defensive line. Yeah, we had a lot of leaders, a lot of team leaders. OCU Minora, Thias Kiwanuka, Justin Tuck, like a ton of leadership on that defensive line. And it's here's a young guy coming in. Let me help him. Yeah. Exactly. Jason Pierre-Paul, Linville Joseph, those guys came in. That was the were, second level of guys. Well, I'm just saying, those were key cogs that we needed in order to win the championship. Those guys were in their second seasons when we won the Super Bowl in 2011. So, again, when we talk about leadership existing to replace them, I mean, we were essentially grooming our replacements on that defensive line. But you got a ring while doing it. so No doubt. It's okay. You no can doubt. do that we if got, you get that ring. We got ring. a ring, and we, we made a couple of bucks doing it. Yeah. So it, all's well that ends well. So we have Thursday Night Football tonight, Denver and Kansas City. We've talked a lot about the idea that could this potentially be the last night for Denver as we know them with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, et cetera. There's also a possibility that Kirk Cousins could maybe be playing his last game with the Minnesota Vikings. He met with the media yesterday, and he was asked about his no-trade clause. Let's take a listen. Kirk, is there any scenario where you would waive your no-trade clause before the trade deadline? You know, I'm just very focused on the Bears and going 1-0 this week, and anything else is just not worth my time or energy or attention. All right, before we get to the, the topic at hand, you hear that? I see you with the stink eye on that, like, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, that's Kirk saying he's trying to avoid the question, but Kirk knows that he wants to get a new contract. He wants his money. Every football player wants his money. But especially Kirk Cousins, because Kirk Cousins' brilliance throughout his career is getting to the fully guaranteed bag. Of the $231 million he's made in his career, 229 of it has been fully guaranteed. Mm. Like, so Kirk Cousins is all about his bag, and he knows that if a team trades for him in the middle of the season, based on the compensation that they would have to give up to Minnesota, he is going to get a contract, top-of-the-market money for the quarterback spot. So I, I just... This is, again, Kirk Cousins signing another deal that's going to assure him that he makes around $200 million, maybe even more depending on the length of the deal, on, on another contract. So I, I, I think that, that non-answer that he gave was a prelude of what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks if Minnesota continues to fall out of this thing. All right, as we think aloud on this, this weekend they have the Bears. 
All right. If they lose to the Bears, they're currently one and four. We jump them to one and six. Why? They have San Francisco <laughs> after that. They ain't winning that, no. right? No. It doesn't matter what happens between now. If San Francisco loses to Cleveland hypothetically this weekend, that's that's actually worse news for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> San Fran coming off a loss. Good luck, right? So let's project them out if they lose this weekend to the Bears at one and six. If you had to guess, where would Kirk Cousins wave his no trade clause for? What team? We've thrown out Atlanta. We've thrown out the Jets. I'll throw out Washington to go back there maybe. I'm just throwing out other teams. Maybe Tennessee. I mean, he's clearly an upgrade over Ryan Tannehill. I don't know how much of an upgrade, but definitely an upgrade. Put yourself in Kirk Cousins' mind, his flannel shirts, everything. (laughs) Where is he waving his no-trade clause? Ooh. I mean, Atlanta feels like a winnable division, doesn't it? I mean, that just seems like it's a match made in heaven. You've got a decent offensive line, a lot of skill position players led by B. John Robinson, Drake London, and you also got Kyle Pitts, another top five pick. They just traded for Van Jefferson. And let's not forget, the Atlanta Falcons restructured the contract of Jake Matthews, their left tackle. Mm-hmm. So they created some more flexibility around 8 or $9 million in, in cap. So I just feel like Atlanta is gearing up to make a run at the NFC South, I mean, NFC South title. Yeah. And if you're Cousins, the reason why that destination would be appealing is because you could be the best quarterback in that division for the foreseeable future. I mean, we don't know what Bryce Young will or won't be at Carolina. That that program has got a long ways to go. He might not even be out there exactly, that much longer. Exactly. The New Orleans Saints got Derek Carr. He has had trouble staying healthy yeah. and producing. And then Baker Mayfield in a turn-back-the-clock kind of season for him, something of a career renaissance. Nobody expected the Buccaneers to be in this position. But if you parachute Kirk Cousins into the NFC South with the Atlanta Falcons, they are the favorite to win that division. If you're Kirk, you want to go where you can get your money and you want to have an opportunity to win. To me, that seems at the best of the lot. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. But isn't the correct answer where he's going to get paid? <laughs> where he feels like yeah. he can absolutely get the check that he wants? But yeah. you're right. Atlanta feels like the most turnkey situation for him where he slots in. He knows that he's an upgrade at the position and he has some of the pieces around him to have success in that division. What if every single general manager – in the NFL, and we hope this is the case, listens to our show. And they've heard us over the last few days realize in in terminology or a conversation, however you want to look at it, there's two ways of winning in this league. Either having a rookie, or excuse me, a quarterback on his rookie deal, or having a Hall of Famer. Acquiring Kirk Cousins would not fit into either one of those situations. So while we are suggesting, and we've all said it, Atlanta should go for him. He makes a lot of sense. Based on the way that we have said it, Desmond Ritter actually makes more sense if he were good. Now, none of us think he's actually that good. Maybe teams just aren't going to be attracted to Kirk Cousins. And I like Kirk Cousins, but he doesn't fit our mold of winning big in this league. Yeah, but you're hoping Kirk Cousins falls into that category of the Jimmy Garoppolo or the Matt Stafford or the Matt Ryan, where he can have that lightning-in-a-bottle type of season, career numbers, and that ends up being enough to get your team to the big game. Because, I mean, you can do it that way. It's just your margin for error is that much smaller. But we have team, seen teams go out there and parachute quarterbacks in, you know, at, during the offseason, and they win it the following year. It happened with Stafford. We saw it with Tom Brady, even though he's the GOAT. That's yeah. what happened in Tampa. So we, we have seen teams go the route of you know getting a quarterback, uh, essentially a mercenary, bringing them into your locker room with you all the other ingredients and being able to have instant success. Maybe that's what the Atlanta Falcons are banking on. I will say this. 
the Falcons will give themselves a chance because of the division if they add Kirk Cousins to be in the postseason. And for a head coach that's on the hot seat in Arthur Smith, that could be a deciding factor in terms of whether or not that front office decides to make that move. Like, we got to find a way to have tangible results for the program building. Our head coach in year three, you're talking about a couple of seven-win seasons in there. They've got to have something to sell to Arthur Blank and ownership about this team being on the right track. And I think adding Kirk Cousins helps them do that. That's exactly what I was going to say, CC, because the most teams that they follow, what are we calling it? The unsportsmanlike curve? Like, what's what's our formula for quarterback success going to be called? The USL model? That sounds nice. Okay, the, whatever. The teams <laughs> sure. that would deviate from the USL models are, are probably outliers, and it's a very rare situation. And the Falcons fit almost every one of those components where they don't have the quarterback, they have what is seemingly a, winner, a winnable division, they have enough talent, and they are desperate. Yeah. They are desperate to put someone in place that's going to put them in a better position to compete and hopefully go on a run. And they have a head coach who's probably desperate to keep his job. So I can imagine he might be really going to the front office and imploring them to make a decision because if he knows that if he doesn't, it's probably not going to be great for his career. I got my final answer. I've been pushing Atlanta for weeks, right? So I'm not off of that, but my final answer, Kirk Cousins' destination is Tennessee Titans. Ooh. Ryan Tannehill's not a big-time starting quarterback in no. this league. He's on his final year minus void years of his contract. There's only a $9 million differential between cap hit and dead cap hit, which means it's it's workable. He ain't that dude, and with Mike Vrabel as the head coach, you're never going to finish high enough where you're going to have the opportunity of Caleb Williams. You're going to be in no man's land. Go get Kirk Cousins. That's where he should go. They have Derrick Henry. They have D-Hop. You know they're going to play hard, tough football. It's a winnable division. That's my final answer. Tennessee Titans. I like it. Nobody's running away with that division. Jacksonville is not head and shoulders above everybody else in the AFC South. So I'm 100% on board with that being an alternative to the Atlanta Falcons. I still think the Falcons is the best spot, Mm -hmm. but I could make a case for Tennessee. I mean, the only thing that's getting in the way of that is having a viable passing attack. If you have somebody that can get the ball to Hopkins and those other receivers over the top, that opens up things for Derrick Henry. You get to get the return on investment that you continue to make in him, and your defense all of a sudden gets better because they're not on the field as long. So – Kirk Cousins to the Titans, not as crazy as some people might think on its face. I like where you're going with it, but what indication have you gotten out of Tennessee that they're ready to move on from Ryan Tannehill? Um, None, and I've been asking for it for three years. We always have these conversations about Ryan Tannehill and if he's the guy in Tennessee, yet from their side of the equation, we don't really... I mean, I don't yes, get it. we see Malik Willis come in, we see Will Levis come in, but we don't see them being really eager to deviate from the Ryan Tannehill experiment. 100% correct. Coming up... Canny or Canty? Our Thursday night football prop bets next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Kenny? Kenny? Oh, oh Kenny. This is not hard-hitting analysis. It's not that. Can he or can't he? That is the question. Yes, it is time for a little round of Canny or Canty here on Unsportsmanlike with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Canny or Canty is brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Here's what we do we take the Thursday night game, we give you the prop bets. Canny or Canty, get it done. Chris has to answer those questions, and we start. By the way, it is Broncos and Chiefs. I should mention that tonight. Yeah, Broncos, Chiefs. Let's Broncos, go. Broncos, Chiefs. Total this is pass. a way to make it interesting. Let's go. Boy, that's a sell. <laughs> it's you a know, way to make but, it interesting. Let's go. Because he doesn't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be that interesting. So this is the way to make it intriguing. Here Got we go. it. Here we go. Total, pa- total passing touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes over under two and a half. Over. Go over. I feel great about this one. This is the best prop bet of the game tonight. Pat Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. The Denver Broncos secondary has given up 13 touchdowns. That's the most in the NFL. They are dead last in yards and points as a defense. They are all-time bad, historically bad defense. Pat Mahomes finds a way to have multiple touchdown passes tonight. I'm saying at three at a minimum, I wouldn't be surprised if it was four, though. It could be that kind of night for Pat Mahomes. This is one of those ring around the rosy games where they just decide they're going to draw stuff up in the yeah. dirt and have fun. I could see the Chiefs offense having that type of night. Okay. I, I want to add a wrinkle. So this is actually going to make it interesting. I, this is going to make it really intriguing. I'm completely sold on this idea. So here we go. It's all through three quarters on the Chiefs. Over under has to be a three-quarter answer. So in other words, anything that happens in the fourth doesn't count. Over under Mahomes passing touchdowns through three. No, I'm not getting you on board. You don't want to do that? No, I'm not going to get on board with that. But here's the thing. I don't know if Pat Mahomes is going to play in the fourth quarter. That's anyway, what I'm saying. That's a great, that's a great point. Here, let's do this. Instead okay. of going that direction, okay. if Pat Mahomes doesn't go over two and a half touchdown passes, I got to put a dollar in the bad take. Done. Okay, Done. Russell Wilson over under one and a half. Touchdown passes. I'm going to say over. He's going to get some touchdown passes in garbage time. I just think the Chiefs' defense will take their foot off the gas, similar to what we saw in their two matchups last year. Again, the the Chiefs were never threatened in the Broncos' games in 2022, but those games all ended up with one-possession scores, looking like one-score games. They weren't. So I do think Russell Wilson does put up some stats in garbage time. All right, Candy or Canty, total passing yards. Patrick Mahomes over under 267 and a half. I'm going to say under. I think they use Isaiah Pacheco in the run game in the field a little bit tonight. I think Andrew Green takes advantage of how bad this defense is, leans on that front seven with his offensive line, and gets his run game going. Again, they're just about checking a box and getting a W in a short week, making sure that everybody gets to this game and through this game healthy. And so I don't know that this is going to be a huge drop-back game for Pat Mahomes in terms of the number of opportunities that they're going to give him to throw the ball all over the yard. All right, total passing yards again. Russell Wilson over under 218.5. Over, because they're going to be trailing the entire game, and you're going to put up stats. You're going to throw the football when you're down, especially down big, which I anticipate happening tonight. So I'm going over. 
over 218.5 passing yards for Russell Wilson. All right, Kenny or Canty brought to you by Granger. Let's do rushing yards. I think I know where you're going to go on this based on your previous answers. Isaiah Pacheco, over, under, 75.5. Over. <laughs> I'm going to take the over. Isaiah Pacheco is going to go over 75.5 yards rushing. This is going to be a big night for him. This guy runs angry like he runs like he's mad at the ground. Shout out to Tim Hasselback. He coined that on SVP. But Isaiah Pacheco is the hammer for this offense. He's their physical identity. He brings that ruggedness. And I think Andy Reid has that on full display tonight. Russell Wilson over under 20.5 rushing yards. Can he or can't he? I'm going to say under. Russ ain't running away from nobody. I, I just I at, at this stage in his career, his athleticism is waning a little bit. I don't think he's going to get away from that Chiefs defense. And here's the thing. That Chiefs defense is really, really good. People are not paying attention. That's a top 10 defense. So I don't see Russell Wilson being able to get out of the gates and, and create a lot of plays with his legs tonight. Canty or Canty, Kadarius Tony over under 31 and a half total receiving yards. Under. I'm fading Kadarius Tony until otherwise notified. I don't believe in him. I, I think that the Chiefs receivers as a whole need to step up, especially some of their young guys like Sky Moore and Rishi Rice. We'll see what happens. Noah Gray and Justin Watson are always going to be in the mix, but I don't think this is going to be a big Kadarius Tony night. All right. What about Jerry Judy? Over under 52 and a half total receiving yards. I'm going to say over. I think Jerry Judy is going to end up being a trade target in a couple of weeks. And this this is an opportunity for the Denver Broncos to feature him on a primetime standalone game. Why not show other teams what Jerry Judy is capable of? And that way you can maximize the return on that investment in that trade package that you would get for Jerry Judy. So I, I think this is a game where he goes over 52 and a half receiving yards. Over under last one here, 10 p.m. Eastern time <laughs> when we go to sleepy tonight. I'm going to say under. I actually don't know which way. That means in the nines? Yeah, I think we're going to sleep at halftime. I think it's over. What does the differential have to be in your mind in order for it to be a halftime nighty night for us? You with the if, sleepy, if the nighty night? I have a 10 and a 7-year-old. If, it, if, if it's 24 to 3 at halftime, would, would anybody be surprised? No. Would anybody be surprised? No. Would you be surprised if it was 17 nothing after the first quarter? No. No. This is why this is an unbelievable opportunity for Russell Wilson. There's a little bit of a shock the world kind of moment tonight that he could potentially have. That last dance of like, oh, you thought it was done? Y'all thought I was finished? And then he comes out there tonight, Meek Mill style? And he hits him with a let's ride? I mean, he could have that kind of moment tonight. Maybe, You possibly. think he can have that kind I'm of moment? I'm <laughs> thinking and hoping he can have that moment <laughs> tonight. He's projecting his hopes and dreams right? on the CC. Yeah. Oh, it could be dreams and nightmares instead. Uh, coming up, the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. Next, on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, 
all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Adam Wainwright joins us. I'm in the Atlanta airport right now, and I don't know why this is, but I'm looking at the TV right now, and there's a picture of me, Yachty, and Albert on it. That's wow. so cool right now. That That's... means it's our show. <laughs> what do you mean? Why is that? It's because you're talking about them on our show. You know what? I think that is. I think that's true. I think that's it, Adam. <laughs> That may have been the unsportsmanlike moment of the show. Hello, Michelle Smolin, Chris Canty, and Evan Cohen. I got to take people behind the scenes on this. As soon as he said that, Canty and I knew exactly what he was referring to. Somehow, Pat Costello, producer, and Michelle Smolman, host, had no idea what was going How did you guys not realize that clearly he was watching our show? Because the monitor that we have here in the studio had the phoner panel up of Adam Wainwright, which is just his picture. So I thought, you know, he's in the Atlanta airport. He's a Georgia boy. Maybe somebody there was doing a piece on him and his broadcasting because he's been great in the booth in the postseason. I don't know. All of these things went through my mind. I was like, Adam, I didn't necessarily register that it could be our show. To me, the chances of him seeing that on ESPNU just walking through the airport were so wild that it didn't connect that it was our show. You know what you realize, CC? We have a group of people on this show that have never been in an airport. <laughs> right? Every airport in America, thankfully, has ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN News. Every airport. You yep. cannot walk. Someone is watching us right now in an airport. 100%. Not someone. Thousands or millions, hopefully, are watching us in an airport. Yes. And somehow they didn't pick up on that. I don't know. I don't know how they didn't figure that one out. So who it's do we give the unsportsmanlike moment to? Pat and Michelle or Wainwright? I would say Wainwright still. Wainwright still? Yeah. Wow. I'm on I'm on TV with with, with picture of me and my buddies. Like, yeah, bro, because you're talking to us. <laughs> Yeah. And we are on television that's, that's and radio a, that, that's a thing. That That's a thing. That's actually a thing. Yeah. All right. I got a couple of other uh, unsportsmanlike moments. There. There's our buddy Nolan Murray. It's nice to put a face to a name there with Nolan there. Um, there you see us uh, out on the uh, Circa Sports Stadium. See, we're like, hey, we're on TV. It's a thing. <laughs> that's a it's, thing. It's an actual thing. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. I got two unsportsmanlike moments for you guys. What else you got? Okay. Um, this is a pregame presser before the WNBA Finals last night. Uh, the, the Aces are up 2 nothing. You see all the action on ESPN. Courtney Vandersloot and Stephanie Dolson of the New York Liberty. Pregame presser. Take a listen to the conversation. You know, I talked to Stewie this morning, and she wasn't sure if she was going to get a pregame nap in because of the 6 o'clock start. I guess for you, what was your routine today? Did you nap? Did you watch more film? Just what did you do in the lead-up to tonight? Um, I did not nap. Usually I'm a napper, but it was a little bit too quick for me. Um, but I watched my favorite movie. The Notebook. Yes. <laughs> the Notebook? Close. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Ah. <laughs> What's your second favorite? Notebook. Okay. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days as the pregame movie. I've never seen the movie. I've never seen it either. I know. And McConaughey, yeah, McConaughey, Kate Hudson, right? Ne- never seen never it. Never seen it. You two are the unsportsmanlike moment of the day. You <laughs> because both we haven't seen that movie? How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And I've never seen The Notebook cinema. either. I've never seen The Notebook either. Ugh. And I like the emotional movies yeah. that make me cry. Evan. But is that a pregame movie, Smalls, to watch? To of get you ready for the is. finals? Of course it is. How to lose no, a it's guy not. How is that, how is that a pregame movie? It's going to make you laugh. You're, if it's your comfort movie, if it's your favorite movie, then why can't it be your pregame no, movie? No, pregame movie is like Gladiator. No. Or, yeah, you're, Rocky, you're, Creed. Yeah, exactly. Like there's some, you're watching those types of movies. There's some Michael B. Jordan training scenes in the Creed movies that you feel like you can run through a wall after that. Like that would be what I would assume somebody would watch. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. How to lose it like a rom com before the, the end. maybe that's why the Liberty got blown out last night. Now I will say, how to lose a guy in ten days will make you laugh. Spoiler alert: there's a positive ending. The Notebook is going to take it out of you. You're going to cry. You're going to be deep in your feels. I don't know if that is going to get you fired up to play. Okay, the next one I have for for uh, competition here for the unsportsmanlike moment of the what day. What you got, Cece? Before you won a championship with the Giants, my guess is there were things that you would say, you and your teammates, friends, family would say, "I would give up blank to win a title. I'd give every dollar back. I'd give every car." No, I would never say that. No. Never, <laughs> never, never say that. You've never heard me say that. Okay, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't do. I, nobody, I, nobody at this network loves money more than me. Nobody. <laughs> You've never heard me say that. What have you said? Uh, stay out of my wallet? I'm going to. I'm not even going to comment on that. But I guarantee there are things that you said, oh, I wouldn't eat for a month. I would never play football again if, if you just gave me one ring. That's all, you know what? Like, there's a lot of those things that are out there. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat talked to Sports Illustrated. And he, he was asked about, would you give up coffee for a year if it meant winning a title? He said no. Really? <laughs> he said he could not give up coffee for one year, Big Face Coffee that he has. That is his company. And that he's told um, Sports Illustrated that he consumed between seven and nine cups of cappuccino before his 56-point performance against the Bucks in the first round last year. This, again, courtesy of Sports Illustrated. But he would not give up coffee for a title. I don't know if I believe Jimmy Butler. I think this is more I hope he's not telling business. the truth. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe Jimmy on this one. This is promotion for Big Face Coffee in the industry as a whole because that's his business outside of basketball. Yes. There's no way Jimmy Butler would say, I, I couldn't stop drinking coffee if that meant winning an NBA title. To me, that's the only thing that's missing on his resume. Absolutely, but maybe the coffee is the mechanism to get him to the titles, what he's saying. Like, I have to consume the coffee in order to be in the right mental and physical state in order to compete. Well, we can get him a B12 booster shot in his <laughs> IV before the game, a caffeine shot. We can get him caffeine pills, whatever we got to do to get Jimmy Butler ready to go. But if you're telling me that not drinking coffee for a year was the difference between Jimmy Butler getting a championship and if we're keeping it a buck, Ev, Jimmy Butler being in the Hall of Fame – I, I don't know, man. I, I think Jimmy would have to give it up. I would hope. Again, I would hope so. You would but hope so. Saying nothing about any specific brand and not his, certainly, because I love Jimmy Butler. Coffee seems like an odd pregame drink. Again, like the movie and the like. I would assume you and your teammates had a routine prior to games that was very healthy. No, guys drink coffee before games. They do. Yeah, guys drink coffee before games. It, it gets it, you. It gets you up. Yeah, you know? it gives you gives you a little boost. Gives you. Yeah, guys drink coffee before practices, before games. Now it's a diuretic, so you got to be careful. Right. It'll dehydrate you. So you know you're probably getting an IV or two before the game mm. just to make sure you're ready to go. But yeah, guys drink coffee. How much did that evolve over your 11 years? Where like at the beginning? Oh, you don't need anything at the beginning. Right. The, first, the, first, yeah. the first two or three years, you don't need anything. You don't need, the body you don't need to warm up. You don't need to stretch. You can just go out there and ball. As you start getting a little, a little longer in the tooth, it's just, you know, you got to get to the stadium earlier and earlier because it takes you longer and longer to get ready to play a game. <laughs> you got to get to the facility earlier and earlier because it takes you a few more minutes, maybe even an hour, to get ready for practice, all of this different stuff. Like, I remember – my last few years in the league with the Baltimore Ravens, I was getting to the stadium four, four and a half hours before kickoff because I had to take not only a Toradol shot, I had to take an all-tram pill, and then I would take it again at halftime oh. because I would be hurting so bad. That's what I needed to get through an NFL game at that point. So when you're in your early 20s, 
you don't need anything. So when you're in your early 30s, completely different ballgame. And you can't probably ever deviate from that preparation either, right? No, there's no, no way you could be no, able to no. go out there. You can't get back on the horse. It's yeah. not like riding a bike. That's right. Once you fall off, you're going to stay off. Yeah, guys are so so diligent in their regimen before a game. Yeah. So when you were starting out your career with the Cowboys, right? Let's just pretend it was a 1 p.m. Eastern game. You just said with the Ravens, you're going to have to get there like 8.30 and 9 just to get ready to then – Go put your life on the line playing football, yeah. basically. What time would you get there for a Cowboys game when you're a rookie or second year? 10.58. <laughs> because you had to be in the locker room two hours before kickoff. And you were good. That's, like, that's oh, like, yeah, take me up. I'm fine. Yeah, like I'm literally strolling in with a minute before I'm supposed <laughs> I have to be there. Like, it's just, come on, man. What are we talking and about? And correct me if I'm wrong. That's you coming off of an injury in college into the NFL, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And you were still but, fine. But here's the crazy thing. The crazy thing when I think back on all of it is the fact that right after the game, I was able to shower and then just walk out and be cool. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of my career, I got to take off the tape. I need help getting my pads off first. I got two or three equipment managers helping me to get my pads off because I can't lift my arms up. I got to have somebody walk with me so I can get into the cold tub. Ooh. I got to have the doctors look me over and make wow. sure everything is okay. Like, that, it took me – so, at the end of my career in Baltimore, I'm getting to the stadium four hours before kickoff – I wouldn't leave the stadium until about an hour and a half after the game was over. Wow. That's how much work I had to do to take care of my body at that point. Was That's it, how hard it was. Was it painful to get into your car afterwards? If everyone has to help Everything you, hurts, Smalls. I can't even imagine. Everything hurts. But the worst of like, it is, like the worst of it car? is not the night after. The worst of it is two days later when the drugs wear off. Ooh. That's when the real fun starts. When you got to get up and crawl to the bathroom because you can't walk. That's, that's life in the NFL. Wow. Yeah, exactly. You learn a lot about your teammates. Didn't expect that, did you? Wow. You yeah. open you open the door, Ev. It I, happened. No, but it's people weird. Don't, don't realize that. They don't yeah. put the human being side of the of the player experience. Yeah, I guess as we get older, show prep starts it, it earlier. Did, it, 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 it didn't <laughs> matter what con- I was young. Was same great. kind of wear and tear. <laughs> it was great. Right out. Oh, we were rolling in. <laughs> we're going to party, boys. Let's go. <laughs> Greeny is coming up next. We are on to Friday. Sleepy time by halftime per Canty. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.